The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Season 3, episode 49 of the Daily Intermission Podcast. My name is Greg. I'm back in studio. And I am back to maybe 70-75% after a large St. Paddy's Day weekend. What a what a weekend it is. I mean, I think back to my university days and you know being an undergrad, and and it's truly, you know, probably the biggest drinking day um at, at, at undergrad university and it continues on um you know into your into your 20s and you know at any age um you know I was out at the bars in Halifax a uh, shout out to my boys Alex and Dylan from uh Coors Molson in, in Halifax we you know we just in a spectacular day in, in regard to um you know the products that uh, we had access to and you know back door at bars it was really a fun day um, but yeah, I mean, it's a very diverse group out, out in the mix. I mean, you get people ages, um, you know, anywhere from 20 to, you know, 60 out enjoying and celebrating St. Patrick's day. So, uh, no, it really was a fun day. I'll get into it, <clears throat> but, uh, I did want to mention in the pregame show, ladies and gentlemen, this episode is brought to you by manscaped. Go over to manscaped.com. Check out the variety of products. The Platinum Package is amazing. It comes with the Lawnmower 4.0. It comes with the Weed Whacker uh, Nose Trimmer. Uh, it's unbelievable. The products over at Manscaped, we're very thankful to have them on board for the podcast. So make sure you head over to manscaped.com and check out the variety of products. If you co- use the code TDI, you get 20% off and free shipping. So it's the best men's grooming uh, products in, on the planet, you know, as far as I'm concerned. So they keep me tidy, and I want them to keep you tidy. So uh, make sure you're, uh, you're looking your best this spring and summer and, and uh, order your uh, your Manscaped products at manscaped.com, TDI for 20% off. So, yeah, I went into, uh, on Friday, I went into uh, to Halifax and, and enjoyed, like I said, uh, St. Patrick's Day and um, started kind of having my first few beers around uh 1 30 in the afternoon and you know being at my age now of 28 I, I can't do it like I used to I mean I, I think back to, to university we'd get up and go at like you know 7 8 in the morning and um you know it's that's just not the case anymore clearly uh, but I made it till I think around 11 10 30 11 uh, at night so a good day of, of uh, socializing got to catch up with a lot of old friends from uh that I haven't seen in a while and it's just a really fun uh, it's a really fun day and and uh, a lot of green out in the mix and um, yeah I mean I hopefully uh, you listeners got an opportunity to have a pint have a Guinness or a Murphy's um, and, uh, and and enjoy the um, enjoy the St Patrick's Day celebrations. Um, I did want to mention that uh, I'm doing a tailor-made giveaway. I'm teaming up with TaylorMade Canada this summer, and uh, we're giving away a Stealth 2 driver. So the the instructions to enter the giveaway are pretty simple. Just follow the daily intermission on TikTok and follow TaylorMade Canada on TikTok, and you're entered into the draw. So I'll be posting uh, about that giveaway all week this week. Uh, so make sure you go follow TaylorMade Canada on TikTok, and, and uh, you're in the draw. I mean, I'm sure we're going to do more giveaways uh, in the coming months, but... 
I mean, what an opportunity, just a click of a button and you were entered in for an opportunity to win the new, or yeah, the new stall too. So, uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. I did want to mention too, I've got a fun trip booked. Uh, I'm heading to the nation's capital. I'm heading to Ottawa, uh, for the masters. Uh, I'm going to be visiting, uh, Drake Batherson, uh, the Ottawa senators. I'm really excited about it. So, um, hopefully, uh, we'll get some good content there. And uh, that's a few weeks away as well. So it's going to be a fun uh, few weeks here for the daily intermission. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's been just a wild weekend. Like I said, it takes me a little bit longer to uh, recharge after a weekend like that. Like I'm telling you the Saturday after that. So it's, you know, you're looking from one to 1030, you know, I got back to my hotel room and, and didn't sleep very well. Um, got up the next morning, drove home, but uh, it's, uh, it, it, that's Saturday. You're probably operating around 40% and then you get to Sunday and you're maybe back to, you know, 50, 60, you're still not feeling yourself. And then today I'm, I'm probably back to around 70, 75%. So I'm still not feeling fully back to normal, but it's, you know, once you get into your, you know, your late twenties, early thirties, it's, uh, you, you, you don't handle the hangovers like you used to. And you, you know, sometimes you can find that out in the hard way. Uh, but listen, folks, we've got a jam packed episode. The sports world has been humming and we've got a ton to talk about. Uh, in quarter one, we're going to obviously break down the March madness, uh, that's been going on. We'll talk about the NBA in quarter two. We'll move into the NHL quarter three. We've got the world baseball classic, which, has popped onto my radar. I've actually been watching a couple games. We've got some NFL uh, to uh, some NFL briefing to to get into, and then in quarter four we'll talk about the PGA Tour, uh, UFC 286, and the Formula One race that just happened in Saudi Arabia. But let's hop into quarter one here, folks. March Madness has been absolutely outrageous. It has been fun to watch. There's been some massive upsets, and I wanted to look into it. I wanted the exact number. So pre-tournament. Remember when Warren Buffett would offer like a billion dollars to someone who picked the perfect bracket? Well, there's a reason why he offered that number. There's 9.2 quintillion number of bracket outcomes. Think about that. 9.2 quintillion. One quintillion is a billion billions. Like there, it's it's a it's an unconceivable. You, you can't comprehend the amount of different bracket outcomes that there are for March Madness. So there will just never be a perfect bracket. It's just, it's, it's, it's essentially impossible. Um, so if you're, if you're having a bad year, if your bracket's not looking fantastic, well, listen, that's, that's just how it goes, uh, in March madness. So, um, and I, I remember a couple episodes ago, I recommended the one seed, two seed parlay. Yeah, hopefully he didn't follow that because, uh, we had two of those eight teams drop in the first round, which we'll get into. So, uh, obviously, the round of 64 brought some serious upsets. Furman, as I was recording last Thursday, beat Virginia. Virginia looked like they had a stranglehold on that game. Furman ends up coming back and beats Virginia. Princeton, number two seed, who still remains in the tournament heading into the Sweet 16, beats Arizona, a two seed. So that uh, Arizona was in my parlay. Absolute whiff. Uh, Pitt beat Ohio State. Oh, Iowa State, I apologize. An 11 seed beating six. And Farley Dickinson. FDU, the second 16 seed in the history of the tournament, beats Purdue. Can you imagine being a one seed? Purdue, who had a great year. They got that big unibrow fellow that I forget his name. Um, I think he's Canadian too, seven foot four. Anyway, after they showed the, uh, the the footage in the Purdue dressing room after they had lost to the 16 seed, Farley Dickinson. There's a massive hole in the chalk, in the kind of 
you know whiteboard the the massive portable whiteboard that the coach would have been drawing up plays on and it's it's that it's just devastating especially too for Purdue students and just fired up that your team's a one seed you know thinking you have an opportunity to go on a little run here and just get dusted uh, but we move into the um, the round of of thirty two and Farley Dickinson beats uh, beats. Uh, Missouri, they uh, they take care of Missouri. Um, so Farley Dickinson remains in the turn. Actually, I think they might have lost yesterday. Michigan State beats Marquette. Um, so the Sweet 16 is set. And I'm going to bring that up now. Um, but it's crazy how in four days we go through two rounds of the March Madness. Like it is just absolutely outrageous the amount of uh, college basketball we get within those four days. Um, but now we're down to the Sweet 16. And, uh, and, and Princeton obviously... They've made on. They've moved on. They'll play Creighton. Uh, we have got the two three seeds um, in Texas and Xavier. We'll go at it. Houston will take on the U. Alabama to take on San Diego State. Uh, Michigan State will take on Kansas State. Michigan State's actually favored as the seven seed. Arkansas will play UConn. Florida Atlantic uh, will take on Tennessee and Gonzaga will take on UCLA. So uh, you know what? I'm, as I'm looking at these teams right now, I like Arkansas to upset UConn. I don't know how people are feeling about that. Um, Gonzaga versus UCLA is going to be a great game. I like Alabama to blow the wheels off San Diego State. Um, and are we going to be riding the Princeton train? I think we ride the Princeton train over Creighton. Um, you know that's a that's amazing an Ivy League school to be. You know, uh, you know, marching through the March Madness like this is just uh, it's just awesome to see. So it's been fun to watch. Uh, it's it's just game after game after game. So I've caught a few uh, of the uh, of the games. I haven't watched uh, a ton. Uh, just because there's been a lot of other sports on that have been compelling. I mean, just our regular programming in the NBA, NHL, PGA Tour, UFC. Like, there's just been a lot of action outside of the World Baseball Classic, outside of the March Madness. But like I said, I've watched a little bit of it. Uh, but the upsets are are mayhem. But this is kind of when we get down to crunch time. We'll start that. We'll get the Elite Eight uh, after uh, after this weekend, and and uh, we'll really start to hone in on who we're looking at to win the win the the March Madness National Championship. Uh, but just moving on in the NBA, continuing one in quarter one of episode 49 of season three. Uh, the Philadelphia 76ers, they're making some serious noise, folks. They are on an eight-game heater. And they've now passed the Boston Celtics for second place in the Eastern Conference. And I'm thinking, I'm like, man, this team's good, man. This Tyrese Maxey player, is he's just, he's just phenomenal. He's electric to watch. they got James Harden, Tobias Harris. I mean, they've got a strong lineup. And Joel Embiid, Joel Embiid's averaging 33.5 points this season. There's only been a, one player actively playing to finish a season averaging more than that, and it's his teammate James Harden. Uh, so Embiid has certainly kind of skyrocketed into the MVP talk. Not that he wasn't there, uh, but it sounds like probably he's going to get some, maybe maybe a lot more votes than than Jokic gets because of of voter fatigue and and um, you know Embiid has been vocal in the past thinking he should have been the MVP. Uh, so that process that we've been trusting seems to be coming into fruition, and it might be the year that uh, the 76ers can go on a little run. Um, but, you know, the playoffs is a little bit different, and, and um, you know, we'll see what happens. But it's been exciting for Philadelphia fans watching the 76ers go on this heater and, and climb the standings and, and uh, really, you know, shaping up uh, in, a, in a nice position moving into the playoffs. If you guys have been following the NBA news, the Grizzlies and Golden State Warriors, they're kind of developing into a nice little rivalry. And I don't, maybe I won't say rivalry, um, but it, there's a lot, a lot 
of uh, of chirping going on and and a lot of kind of quotes taken from these players during these games, mainly Dylan Brooks, Draymond Green, and Clay Thompson. Uh, but Draymond Green, we saw that he went on a podcast uh, a couple of weeks ago talking about Dylan Brooks and talking about how he's kind of a pretender and how that you know Golden State's got four championships and Memphis hasn't done anything, uh, but Memphis without John ja, ja Morant continues to buzz. Like they are, they are waxing teams. They waxed Golden State on the weekend, um, and. Um, Dylan Brooks hit about a mid-range shot and then got in Clay Thompson's face. Clay Thompson went on to kind of show that he's got four rings, but you know what? I think that uh, that Dylan Brooks is living rent-free in these guys' heads right now. Personally, I think that uh, you know if I were Draymond and Clay, I wouldn't feel any need to address this guy in the media. You know, he hasn't really done much in the NBA, but it's uh, it's been fun to watch. And and uh, you know the the Memphis Grizzlies, they 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 look good. Like they they play a team ball, a team. Uh, you know, an all-around team game, and they're gritty and defensive side of things. Jaron Jackson Jr. looked phenomenal against Golden State Warriors. I think he had 30-plus. Desmond Bain can get dripping from beyond the arc. Obviously, we know Dylan Brooks can be that dog on defense, and then you throw John Moran back in the mix. I mean, this team is actually, you know, they're a team that uh, could make some noise in that wide-open Western Conference, I will uh, add. Uh, but we look at the Golden State Warriors. Okay, they're going to make the playoffs. They might be a playing team at that seven seed. But we look, and the Western Conference is separated. The 5 and 12 seeds right now, they're all separated by three games. So these last 10, 12 games in the NBA season are really going to dictate what this playoff picture looks like in the Western Conference because right now it's just not even close to set in stone. Um, but we look at the Golden State Warriors. They're 29-7 and seven at home. Pfft, phenomenal record. They're 7-29 and 29 on the road. They have been just atrocious on the road. So obviously that uh, they're 500 this year, but they can't play on the road this season. So is that you know worrisome going into the playoffs? I would think 100%. Uh, is this the year that they can kind of make some magic and go back to back? I highly doubt it. With a road record like seven and 29, just don't think that that's gonna it's gonna be the year for the Golden State Warriors. Um, but uh, yeah, it's been a, a ton of content coming out of that Golden State Memphis Grizzlies series, and uh, I mean I'm Team Dylan Brooks. Canadian guy, you know, you, I'm not a huge Draymond Green fan. Clay Thompson, obviously, I enjoy, but I mean, I'm I'm Team Dylan Brooks in this argument and in this trash talking. I gotta I gotta side with my Canadian boy, Lonzo Ball, having his third knee surgery. Just a young guy too, like and and he's I mean he's gone through you know a bit of a ringer in terms of you know, remember his shooting when he was drafted by the Lakers. My arm is prefers profusely bleeding right now uh if you're watching on on uh, youtube we've got to get that looked at um i there was a scab on the back of my arm and and uh, apparently i rubbed it and it's uh it's leaking right now uh but lonzo ball he uh you know and i've got a white shirt on which isn't uh ideal but uh but lonzo ball it, it, it there's some questions surrounding lonzo if, if he's ever even going to play again um, you know, a third knee surgery. And what is he, 26, 28 years old? You know, his shooting was under question. And then, you know, he uh, he ends up right now on the Bulls. And they could they could use a guy like Lonzo. But he's such a great facilitator. He's really a, a you know, a, a solid player, I think, that goes under the radar at times. And um, so, you know, you hope the best for Lonzo. You know, it, it just it sounds like he's going to miss the entirety of next year. So he missed the entire season this year. So that's two years uh, gone from your career. Um, so we, well, I mean, we'll see, we'll see what, um, what happens with Lonzo and, and, uh, you hope that, uh, he comes back and can play again, but you know, what a shame that will be if he never plays again in the NBA and you look, his brother's been banged up a lot this year for the Charlotte Hornets, but speaking of the Charlotte Hornets, 
Michael Jordan's looking to sell his majority stake in the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, but what a time to sell because this, these guys are going to be in the lottery for Victor Wembayama. You've got a lot of nice pieces there in Charlotte with with Gordon Hayward and, and Terry Rozier and and, um, and LaMelo Ball and Kelly Oubre Jr. And you throw Victor Wembayama in that mix, then you're like, okay, this team's going to be a lot better than they were last year. Um, so MJ, obviously, he's looking to get out of the ownerships, his owner, his majority ownership stake of the... Uh, of the uh, Hornets and and uh, probably looking to build another golf course. His golf course in Florida, um, gosh, what's it called? The Grove <laughs> looks phenomenal. It's just so it, it's impossible to play. It's uh, very exclusive, exclusive. Um, but uh, obviously on the bucket list for courses to play. But I guess you know it's you got coolers on the carts and there's like I I guess it's obnoxious. There's like ten cart girls out there. It's really really something to uh, to see out there in Florida. Uh, the Groves. If you haven't seen that? Look that up. Uh, but like I said, ten games left in the NBA. The Western Conference is just insane. Five to twelve separated by three games. So the Western Conference will be what's going to be most compelling and most captivating um, to watch here in the next. You know, 10, 12 games. Um, but uh, the NBA has been fantastic. March Madness continues on. We'll continue to uh, fire away in the chalkboard app, which has been quiet, folks. If you're listening to this podcast and you're not chiming in on the chalkboard every once in a while, it's slap in the face. So get in there and start uh, giving some hot takes, giving some bets, because I know you degenerates are throwing bets around. And uh, this arm is has got to be addressed. Um, but, uh, but, folks, moving on into quarter two, we've got some NHL to talk. And uh, I'm watching hockey Thursday night. I was mainly uh, glued into uh, the Senators and, and uh, Avalanche game, which I'll talk about here in a moment. But the Panthers and Canadians are playing, and it was 7-3 in the first period. Sergei Bobrovsky, a three-time Vesna champion. Vesna winner, the best goaltender in the NHL. He's won it three times. He gave up the first three shots of the game. This guy goes one year where he's phenomenal, like I said, a Vesna-caliber goaltender. And then he'll go the next year where he looks like he could be playing in the AHL. It's just such a bizarre situation with Sergei Bobrovsky. Uh, but he let in the first three shots of the game. The Panthers end up winning the game 9-4. to four. But what a shit show of a game that was. Ten goals. If you had the under in that game, might be time to walk away uh, from sports betting. Uh, but the Panthers are right back, in the, right back in the mix. They find themselves one point behind the Pittsburgh Penguins for, for the final playoff for the for the final wild card spot in the Eastern Conference, uh, in the Eastern Conference, so uh, we'll see what the Panthers can do. I mean, I, I've talked about it in the past that their analytics are really, really strong offensively. They just haven't converted their chances. Their expected goals are one of the best in the league. So, for all the analytical heads, they they're really bullish on the Florida Panthers. Um, but you know what? It's uh, it's going to be a race. You know that Islanders, Pittsburgh, and and uh, and Florida race is going to be very interesting. Um, obviously, they're going to be in tough. They've got to play Carolina or Boston in the first round. Uh, but that Carolina team without Shvetchnikov, you never really know if you can uh, battle it out. And I, I hesitate to be extremely bullish on the Bruins. Obviously, I understand that you know the run they're on is just incredible. They've, they're twenty-seven and three at home this year. They're they're an incredible team. They've got the leadership. This leadership group's been to three finals. They've won one. Um, but you know what? It's it's the NHL playoffs. It's the hardest to get done, and um, you know it's going to be a ringer. So you know what? If you know Boston seems like the favorite, and I think they are. And uh, a lot of people, actually, that was kind of a narrative when I was out and about in Halifax. A lot of people asking me about the Bruins, you know, how I feel about them. And obviously, you feel good about them, but you obviously got to hesitate. You, it's one game at a time. You know, you can't lock in that they're going to be in the finals. You can't lock in that they're going to win the Stanley Cup because, I mean, even though not 
too many years ago, we had the Tampa Bay Lightning have one of the most successful regular seasons and they got swept by the eighth seed. Um, you know, there's only been one President's Cup trophy in the last 15 years to win the Stanley Cup. So if you're a Bruins fan, you know, I would hesitate to look too far ahead. You know, take it one game at a time. We'll see the matchup. I mean, I don't think this first round matchup is going to be a walk in the park. You know, we look at Florida and Pittsburgh, you know, those two teams, they can play hard. Um, and, uh, you know, it's the playoffs. Anything can happen. So it's going to be interesting watching those wild card, that wild card race at the bottom of the Eastern Conference. Um, I, now I'll revert back to that Senators um, uh, avalanche game that I was watching. So with little seconds left on the clock, it's a 4-2 game. Um, the avalanche are leading the Senators 4-2, and uh, the puck gets iced, and rookie goaltender Mad Sogard kind of covers it up, and Lars Eller drives the net, and he's got the puck for, I would say, five seconds, and you're like, ref, are you going to blow the whistle? It doesn't blow the whistle. Lars Eller pokes it in. I thought it was, like, I don't, I haven't really looked into the ruling or, you know, if that should have been blown down or what, but it was a chintzy goal. You know, I, I don't agree with that, and uh, the Senators ended up making a push to come back. Uh, they ended up losing the game 5-4 and essentially ended their season. I mean, the Senators have been on a great run. We all know they have. Um, you know, those two back-to-back wins against the, the auto, against the Detroit Red Wings a few, a few weeks back really put them back in the mix. But they've had a really tough stretch right now. And, I mean, they've been going through the gauntlet. I mean, we look at the teams that they've been playing in Edmonton and Colorado and Toronto. They've got Boston coming up. I mean, just the cream of the crop on the schedule right now for the Ottawa Senators. So what it will do is it is nice to play these types of teams at this time of year. They brought Toronto to a shootout on Saturday night on Hockey Night in Canada, but it's nice to play these types of teams this time of year. Uh, you know, you're getting their best type, you're getting their best games of hockey as we get closer to the playoffs. And, you know, Ottawa, they brought in Jacob and They've got a lot of great young pieces, and we know that they're going to be, you know, making strides towards the playoffs next year. But I, I think that, you know, I've talked about it. This team is exactly where we pegged them to be. You know, you looked at the, the the preseason outlook of the playoffs. I mean, they weren't going to be better than the Leafs. They weren't going to be better than the Bruins. They weren't going to be better than Tampa Bay. So now you're automatically looking at the wild card. And with how deep the Metropolitan Division is at the top five, six teams over there, this is exactly where you pegged the Senators to be. And I think this is a, this is a year that you've made strides. You're playing meaningful meaningful hockey games. And uh, DJ Smith, head coach of the Ottawa Senators, was was talking about how banged up Shabbat is right now. And, you know, you're, you lose your two starting goaltenders, your, your tandem with, with Forsberg and Talbot. So I think it's a win right now for the Ottawa Senators. And I think that, uh, you know, they'll come back healthy next year, make a few more tweaks. A guy like Alex to bring out, you know, what do you do with him? But I think that this team's going to be in good shape. So, um, the Avs, I, I did want to mention too before we move on, you know, with that chintzy goal in Ottawa, they're on an absolute warpath right now. They sit three points out of the first place spot in the central division, which I think they're going to get. So, the Avs, I mean, this is a team that's going to be on a heater, and that's not a team that you want to take on come playoff time. Obviously, the reigning Stanley Cup champions, they have, they are well equipped to do that again. And um, I think that, you know, they'll have to be the favorites in the Western Conference, especially too, if they get that one seed. Uh, you know, the, 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 the Western Conference will be going through Colorado. Uh, so, they've been fun to watch as of late, and, and they're getting healthy. So, uh, 
What's going to be interesting uh, uh, surrounding the the Colorado Avalanche is, is Gabriel Landeskog, who who has missed the majority of the year. Is he going to come back come playoff time? We'll see. Uh, but if they get him back as well, I mean, look out. What a great decor they have in Colorado with Devon Taves and obviously Kale McCarr, the best defenseman in the NHL. And Bowen Byram's been fantastic. Samuel Girard, they've got back. They've brought back Jack Johnson. It's, I mean, they've got a great decor there in uh, in Colorado. So, um, but uh, but moving on and and just this is a topic that we talked about. I think a few episodes ago, um, goaltender for the San Jose Sharks, James Reimer, uh, he decided to sit out, um, and, uh, during the, um, pride night uh, that was held in San Jose, their goaltender decided not to partake. He said it went against his, his religion, his Christianity, his Christianity. And, um, the, um, the, the Sharks stood by that, uh, that decision and, and they released a few statements and, um, it's a shame, you know, it's a shame that the, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't want to call it a celebration, but it's a, what it is, it's a, it's a, it's a hockey's for everyone, you know, and that's kind of the, the, the motive behind it, I think is, is to show that, you know, if you do belong to the LBGTQIA plus community, um, you know, that you are able to, 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 you know, feel welcome at, uh, NHL games and, and be a fan and, um, you know, I, I do like the, the, the ideology behind putting on these types of nights and, um, my, 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 you know, kind of you know, where I question is that we might have to have more nights, you know, just in terms of, you know, the different communities that may not feel welcome, um, you know, in, in the sport. And, you know, I, hopefully that, you know, we don't have to just target, you know, a few of them. Let's try to really engage a lot of them and have maybe 10 home games where we celebrate different types of communities that, uh, you know, may not be, may not have the, the everyday access or may not feel comfortable in the NHL may not be represented in the national hockey league. Uh, but it's interesting, you know, it's a sad that it's a sad situation that uh, all the attention goes to James Reimer, but uh, again, you know, it's, it's his decision and, and it's tough to force something upon someone who really lives a lifestyle that it, it goes against. And I think it's unfortunate. Clearly I've, I've, I've been vocal in the past that I think that he should, you know, he should go on and, and support the Jersey, but Obviously, you know, wearing the rainbow colors goes against his Christianity in some way, and, and he decided not to go. So I'm sure y'all, you heard about that story, and um, you know, teams like the Rangers and, and uh, Minnesota Wild have canceled their nights. Um, I think due to the fact that they've got some some serious Russian um, superstars in their teams, and that um, you know, being uh, a, a homosexual in in uh, in in Russia is, is not legal. And so if you were seen wearing this type of propaganda supporting them, um, it could be dangerous for the families of those players. So I'm not, I'm, you know, it's, it's a lot that's, it's challenging to comment on. Uh, and it's challenging to, uh, to really, you know, give a take, but it's, uh, it's unfortunate, but uh, James Reimer uh, sat out pride night in San Jose. Uh, just finally in the NHL, uh, interesting story here. So on December 23rd, John Carlson, star defenseman for the Washington Capitals, he took a 90 mile an hour shot to the side of the head. He nearly lost his ear. It lacerated a, a, um, an artery, I do believe, or it lacerated a, not an artery, but a, Anyway, there was blood pouring out of his, I'm not great with anatomy, but uh, it lacerated something in his head and, and uh, you know, he's been recovering. He said like it felt like the thing, the one thing he could compare it to is being struck by lightning. I can't even imagine the pain that he experienced, uh, but he's making a return here soon. Uh, so if you haven't read into that story, go check out the story of John Carlson getting hit by the uh, by Brennan Dillon, former teammate of his 90 mile per hour shot in the side of the head. It's a scary moment. Nearly lost his ear. It was dangling from his head. 
unbelievable. Uh, so we're, we're thankful that John Carlson's made a recovery there and he'll, uh, he'll be back in the Washington Capitals lineup here shortly. Uh, but a lot, uh, a lot going on in the NHL. Obviously, we've got about 10 games left. I cannot wait for the NHL playoffs. They are going to be beyond electric. Uh, there's going to be a lot of content pouring out, so uh, we'll continue to monitor what goes on in the NHL. But ladies and gentlemen, we're moving on to quarter three, and we've got a little bit to talk about here. Uh, we've got the World Baseball Classic, which actually has, has, has garnered a lot more of my attention than I thought it was going to be, uh, mainly because in the quarterfinals, the United States had an electric moment. Um, but, uh, and we've got a little bit of NFL signings to talk about. We, in the MLB, we're about 10 days out from opening day. So that's going to be awesome. But, uh, let's talk about the world baseball classic. So we've got, uh, the first semifinals were played yesterday, but we'll talk about the quarterfinals. So the quarterfinals, the United States was taking on Venezuela. They were down by two runs in the eighth inning when Trey Turner hit a grand slam. Unbelievable. Uh, to to essentially win the game, they went ahead and and uh, but listen to this United States lineup. It is absolutely it is so stacked. It, it's it's almost comical. Um, okay, so listen here. So the the United States lineup leading off Mookie Betts and the two hole you've got Mike Trout, the three hole Paul Goldschmidt, batting cleanup Nolan Arenado. Then you've got Kyle Tucker uh, playing left field, batting fifth. Then you've got Tim Anderson, Kyle Schwarber. It's just, it's absolutely outrageous. Trey Turner. It, um, you got uh, Pete Alonzo, you know, it's it Cedric Mullins. I mean, their, their team is, you got Lance Lynn who started the game. I mean, it is beyond stacked, and and they ended up beating Cuba fourteen to two in the semifinals. So now we've got Mexico and Japan will play in the the next semifinals tonight or yesterday night for you listeners, and uh, and the final will go I think Tuesday or Wednesday. So it's it's been fun, you know. It's it, you really do get a bit of playoff baseball feel, which obviously we know is the best baseball to watch, and it is kind of refreshing, you know. Um, you know, it didn't have my attention uh, early on. I was kind of a little bit uh, disoriented in 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 uh, in, in how. Uh, the divisions were set up and how they were playing all over the globe, but now it's I, I'm enjoying it. So I've been really well, I've been loving watching this United States team. They are absolutely juice. So, like I said, the finals will be in a couple days. We've got a good semifinals matchup tonight, which we'll tune into. Um, the MLB about ten days away from opening day on Friday. I'm going to preview uh, some divisions. We'll go through what teams are looking good, which teams are poised to have big seasons, um, and uh, and we'll go from there. Uh, continuing on in quarter three, just moving into the NFL, some more signings that are worth noting. Larry Tunsil, we all remember, we all remember Larry Tunsil, Larry Tunsil, um, who was smoking the go, the gas mask. He was going to be the renowned first overall pick. I think this was in 2016, uh, but he just signed a three-year, $75 million deal staying in Houston. So what a monster. I mean, that tells you enough, if, even if you don't watch him, how impressive he is on the offensive line, how much of a beast he is. Uh, so that's a, a fantastic signing um, for the... Uh, for the Houston Texans, uh, the Dallas Cowboys trade for Brandon Cooks, which you know a lot of people might enjoy. For me, it's like, dude, this guy's like a 12-year vet in the league. He's dealt with concussion issues. I don't love the signing, uh, but they bring, he's more of a name brand than he is, a, I think, as a you know a quality player in in you know out of his age. And um, so Brandon Cooks heading to Dallas. Adam Thielen uh, signs with the with the. Uh, Carolina Panthers. So whoever they pick at the first over uh, with the first overall pick, you know whether it's C.J. Stroud or um, uh, it sounds like it's going to be C.J. Stroud. So it, it, he'll have Adam Thielen working out of the slot. So that's a nice pickup for them. Uh, the Lions signed uh, Eagles safety uh, C.J. Garner Johnson, who we all know is a beast with one year, eight million dollar deal. Uh, we'll get the draft about a month away. So. Honestly, it's going to be a fantastic uh, content. Uh, the content's going to be pouring out in the NFL as as we continue on in the offseason. 
sorry, I'm dealing with kind of a belch right now. I apologize about that. And then, uh, and then the MLB, 10 days away. <laughs> 10 days away. That was a struggle fest. Uh, and the World Baseball Classic uh, still alive and well. So um, obviously uh, fantastic content coming out of the MLB and uh, World Baseball Classic. And we'll continue to, to follow along there. All right, folks. We're on the home stretch here, and we're going to talk about the PGA Tour, the UFC, and Formula One in quarter four. And and uh, the PGA Tour was fun. Uh, I got to watch uh, the majority of it on Saturday and Sunday. And uh, the Valspar Championship, it's a tough course there uh, at, uh, at Innisbrook in, in Florida, just outside of Tampa Bay. Um, but, uh, but Sunday, we kind of really had three groups that were mainly three groups in the mix. We had Taylor Moore in the third last group. We had Tommy Fleetwood uh, in the second last group. And we had Jordan Spieth and Adam Shank in the final pairing. And uh, and Adam Shank was buzzing along. He led for the majority of the tournament. You know, he was just rolling in pots. He's got... So, I guess I'll, I'll shape this up. Taylor Moore gets in the house at minus 10. So, Taylor Moore sitting in the clubhouse at minus 10. At that time, Jordan Spieth and Adam Shank were both at minus 10 as well. Tommy Fleetwood on the par 5 14th, he went for it. He kind of plugged in the in a terrible position in the bunker and ended up making a bogey to, to, to put him to minus 8 and took him out of the tournament. He felt bad for Tommy Fleetwood because uh, he, obviously a British player on the PGA Tour. It was Mother's Day in the UK, and Tommy Fleetwood had lost his mother about a year ago, and you're feeling he's a, he's a guy who's been on tour for a long time. He's been a top 20 player in the world at times, and he's won six times in the European Tour and, and uh, still hasn't been able to get it done in the PGA Tour. So he's a guy, actually, I'll be, I'll be looking at the match play this week. Uh, I know I've got to make some changes to the run your pool. I've got to make sure that we can pick uh, the match play. I'm sure I can make those changes. So, And then you've got Jordan Spieth. He steps on the 16th hole. He's moving and grooving. He's feeling good, and he banana slices his three wood into the water pretty much takes him out of the tournament and makes bogey and uh, ends up making bogey in the 18th to go to minus eight but adam shanks the guy who you know his wife flew in she's pregnant so he's playing in the final group of jordan spieth he's buzzing right along he's minus 10 he's rolling in 40 foot par pots birdie pots that are nearly off the green 80 feet so anyway so adam shank gets the 18th hole and i was surprised so he he, he sits at minus 10 and he knows taylor moore's in the clubhouse at minus 10 he steps up on the 18th hole, and he must have taken three seconds, and he drives a snap hook, and it lands directly beside a tree. Complete jail. He flips his club over, plays lefty, hits it to about 40 feet, can't make the putt, finishes second place. So it's a tough one for Adam Shane, but Taylor Moore, like I said, or if he did the math there as I was talking, ends up winning as he got into the house safely at minus 10. Uh, Taylor Moore, uh, second year on tour, big win for him. Obviously, we all know that winning on the PGA Tour, all the exemptions, I think you get a five-year exemption on tour. It's just, it's massive to get a win. I think he won $1.8 million. It wasn't an elevated event, but huge win for Taylor Moore. Congratulations. It was kind of underwhelming in terms of the uh, the, uh, the 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 quality of viewership just to the fact that we're watching these three guys in the last two groups of Tommy Fleetwood, Jordan Spieth, and Adam Shank just kind of poop themselves coming in. So uh, fun to watch. So the Valspar Championship for for a tournament that's not elevated. I thought it was great viewing. Um, and uh, and and we move on. Uh, we continue uh, continue 
you know, trucking towards Augusta National. And we've got the match play this weekend held at Austin Country Club. So it's kind of a March Madness type bracket. Uh, so there'll be groups of four players. There'll be a round robin on Wednesday and Thursday uh, where you play everyone in your group. And then whoever has the best record out of your group will move on. And uh, it kind of goes from there. And, and it's, a, it's a bracket setup. It's really fun. Uh, and uh, and we'll see. I mean, it's $3.6 million to the winner. Scotty Scheffler won last year. The year prior to that uh, was, I forget, the year prior to that was, uh, was um, oh, sorry, no, it was, it was uh, Scotty Scheffler. Prior to that, it was Billy Horschel. Prior to that, it was COVID. It didn't happen. I think it was Dustin Johnson the year before that. So, um, the, But there's some guys that really like this match play format. Play a lot better in the match play. You can kind of go look at some President's Cups and some Ryder Cups to see guys who do well. Um, so that's uh, that's going to be fun to watch this weekend. It's kind of a unique setup for the PGA Tour. The match play is fun to watch. Um, and I'm going to make sure that in the run your pull, the one and done, uh, that we can uh, tackle the... Um, we can tackle the uh, tournament and have that tournament be the, where we're picking in the one and done this week. UFC Saturday night. Uh, I'm going to be completely honest. Please don't clip this and make this public. Uh, but I was watching the UFC fights on TikTok. Some guy was streaming it. It was unreal. So I was had the, the it was kind of an earlier fight because it was in England. And I was watching the Senators and, and Leafs and had that on my TV and was watching the uh, the fights on my phone. Pfft, it was a great setup. Uh, but Justin Gaethje in the in the co-main event uh, fought Raphael Fizev. Uh, what a banger this was. I mean, this Fizev guy's got some quick hands. I thought... If Gaethje's obviously he's, he's got one of the you know, best chins in, in in the UFC, but he ends up beating and carving up Raphael Fizev in a three round bout in the main in the co-main event. And Justin Gaethje, he's won eleven fight of the night titles, so that's amazing for uh, for Justin Gaethje. So that's a fifty thousand dollar bonus if you win the the fight of the night. So Justin Gaethje, he's gonna have one more right uh, run at it. So he'll fight uh, he'll fight up. Um, you know whether it's um, Oliveira or I forget who's got the belt right now. Oh, it's it's uh, has or no, it's um, Islam I think in that division. So we'll see what happens there with Justin Gaethje, who he decides to fight next. Um, but uh, but Leon Edwards uh, and uh, and Kamaru Usman were fighting for the third time for the welterweight belt. Obviously, we know Leon Edwards in the fight prior knocked him out with a kick to the head, uh, and Leon Edwards retains the belt. It was not it was not the most uh, captivating fight. I'll be I'll be the first one to say it was a bit of a snoozer. Uh, both these guys kind of feeling each other out. Uh, Usman was trying to take down uh, Leon at times, and and Leon just he 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 landed the most significant shots through the five rounds. So nothing really, you know, extremely exciting. Uh, but Leon, Edward, uh, Leon Edwards uh, retains the belt, and it sounds like he's going to fight uh, Colby Covington next. Uh, Islam, I know, called him out. Islam looking to get uh, the double belt, but um, Islam, uh, Islam might, uh, you know, be in the mix at that 170 weight to see if he can take down uh, Leon Edwards. But it sounds like Colby Covington and Leon Edwards, I think October. Um, so that could be a banger. Uh, but UFC 287. So on Masters weekend, we've got the Masters and then Saturday night, uh, Izzy. Uh, it is Sonia will take on Pereira for their second, uh, for the belt in their, in their rematch. Uh, we've got, um, uh, oh gosh, Jorge Mazdaval will fight Gilbert Burns. We've got uh, Ryle Rosas Jr., the young 18-year-old fighting in his second UFC uh, fight. So that card's going to be absolutely amazing. The UFC continues to pour out great content. And if you're interested, if you don't have anything going on Saturday night, it'll be a free fight on ESPN and TSN. Uh, we've got Corey Sandhagen in a fight night who's a Bantamweight fighter. 
Um, I, I, I really enjoy him. I think he's going to have a title shot soon. So Corey Sandhagen will fight on Saturday night. And just finally, in the Formula 1, uh, Red Bull continues its tear. Uh, they come 1-2 on the podium. Uh, Sergio Perez wins, and Max comes second. Charles Leclerc called out Ferrari, saying he doesn't like the car. Hamilton calls out Mercedes doesn't like the car. Uh, but, uh, you know, if we continue on this trend, it looks like the Red Bull uh, car is just going to be dominating this season. Uh, obviously winning the first two events. Um, and uh, they're off to Australia in two weeks uh, for the Australian Grand Prix. And, and uh, we'll continue to monitor the uh, the Formula One. Obviously, uh, Charles Leclerc, who I had bet, uh, came seventh. So a uh, huge whiff by that guy. Um, but, uh, but ladies and gentlemen, I appreciate it. Listen, absolutely. Uh, go follow on all the socials. Make sure you're liking and sharing the post. A like and a share goes a really long way on the post. If you're ever watching, uh, you know, uh, you know, a post of mine on Instagram or TikTok, you know, a like goes a long way. Um, you know, if you have time to double tap it, that's awesome for me. Uh, a share as well, share to a buddy and, and that goes a long way for me. So everybody have a fantastic week. We'll be back on Friday and, uh, and listen, enjoy your weeks. 